Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGC Missouri. Today we have Ken Simonson with us. Ken is the Chief Economist for AGC of America. So Ken, tell us a little bit about your background and prior to being with AGC and now with AGC. All right. Well, I've been with AGC for 17 and a half years. I started on a memorable day, September 10th, 2001. We had a couple of new chapter executives in, so I got to sit on their side of the table and meet the whole staff in one day and hear what each department did. I think it's the best orientation anybody's had since then, unfortunately. But I have more than 45 years' experience working in economic and tax policy analysis, advocacy, and communication. I'm that supposedly rare D.C. native. I went to public high school there and then University of Chicago for a B.A. in economics and Northwestern for a master's in economics, but I've been back in D.C. ever since. I know you spend a lot of time outside of D.C. I know you travel quite a bit as you're going around to different chapters and different meetings and different events that you attend. What are some of the mega trends that you see in terms of the construction industry that sort of are impacting construction wherever it is in the U.S.? You're right. I do travel uh, pretty much all year. I probably get to 80 or 100 events, including ones in D.C. or or webinars, but uh, I do get to all parts of the country and uh, many of AGC's 88 chapters. So I think that the most universal clearly is looking for workers. There's hardly any part of the country that currently has enough construction workers for all the work that's out there. And uh, that's really been a major concern for years, and I think this year it may be the most critical since the before the recession. And the overall impact, economic impact of that is? It's pushing up costs, and it's also leading to some project delays. So I think Uh, We haven't seen the headlines on that, but I think more and more owners are going to find that projects are coming in uh, late and either the budget is going to be rising as uh, firms learn from their experience and put in higher bids or you're going to have fewer contractors bidding just because they can't face the costs, uh, they can't push them on, they're going to drop out of bidding for projects. So with that being a national trend, is that more aggravated in the Midwest? Is the Midwest uh, regionally? What sort of things are you seeing there? Anything different? I I would say those trends are most prominent in the states that are seeing the highest population growth. That would be uh, the mountain states, the Rocky Mountain states in the the far northwest, Florida, somewhat in the southeast. Uh, Certainly it affects uh, particular types of projects in some cases, Texas is another state that, uh, while it's got 
a huge demand for workers. It's at least attracting workers because of its high population growth. Here in the Midwest, the states are generally experiencing very small population growth, or in the case of uh, your neighbor across the Mississippi, decline. It's had longest uh, population decline of any state. And so uh, there isn't necessarily the shortage of workers, but there's no one-to-one correspondence there. You can certainly have pockets that have very low unemployment rate, uh, and that's another thing that characterizes a lot of Midwest states. Uh, Iowa and uh, Nebraska have some of the lowest uh, unemployment in the country, and so uh, there, while there isn't a whole lot of construction, when a project comes along, it's hard to find the workers. How about Missouri? I mean, in Missouri, we are struggling with our transportation infrastructure. We've been working for years to try to do something there. Of course, we have our two large urban centers with St. Louis and Kansas City and others in mid-Missouri with Columbia and Springfield, et cetera. What sort of things do you see that are specifically impacting Missouri, if any? St. Louis has struggled, and the the state as a whole has uh, lagged the country somewhat in recovery and Missouri's construction employment is still 22% below its all-time high, uh, whereas the U.S. is now within 4% of that previous peak. Now, of course, for total employment, states have been setting records for years, uh, so construction as a whole is somewhat behind, but that's really a function of the extreme growth in home construction before the recession and uh, the very sluggish recovery that we've seen on that side since. If you look just at non-residential construction employment, that's at a record nationally, just, just about where it was when it started to decline in 2008. But uh, Missouri, as I say, far behind, and a major reason is that lack of additional funding for transportation, specifically highways. Uh, We have seen now 30 states, most recently Alabama, raise its gas tax, and other states with Republican governors and uh, generally conservative voters have approved state gas tax increases, and yet As you know better than me, Missouri voters have turned that down by whopping margins more than once. On the building side, anything there that you're seeing that's either other than workforce, it's either helping or hindering growth, material prices or environmental regulations or things like that? I think you have to take it segment by segment, and one area that has recovered pretty well nationwide is school construction, but that is a function of property values. Uh, the school districts have been seeing rising house prices in many parts of the country and therefore have been able to uh, increase their budgets for both teacher pay and for uh, restoring programs that were cut, and then for school construction. But again, Missouri has not had the big pickup in house prices or commercial values that has enabled that kind of uh, investment to the same degree as some other states. And again, the low population growth has meant less demand for new schools than in some states that have seen uh, more school-age kids come in. In terms of other building construction, I think uh, industrial construction related to oil and gas has really powered uh, some places, certainly the Gulf Coast area, but also in Appalachia, and uh, that hasn't been something that has played here in Missouri. So again, I think 
while you've seen some recovery, it's certainly much better than it was in the low point of, say, 2009, 2011. It's been fairly sluggish. So some of the hot markets are oil and gas, school construction, those sort of things. Our people are traveling a lot. What sort of things are the cold markets? What are the what are the segments of the market that you're seeing are pretty much just waiting and waiting and waiting for recovery? Well, first, let me mention a couple other things that are doing well. Lodging is doing very well, as it has for six years now. It's amazing to me how much money is still going into hotels and resorts. And that's something that I think is very fragile, that investors in hotels look closely. Every week there's a statistic called revenue per available room, the product of room rates and average uh, occupancy rates. And if those start to go negative, investors will pull the plug very fast. But so far, uh, it's holding up enough to support still more hotel and resort investment. And then another is airport investment. Now, here again, uh, Missouri no longer has the giant hubs that you had before the airline consolidation began. I remember Kansas City and St. Louis both had a huge amount of uh, transfer passengers, and now uh, those airports, well, St. Louis has pretty well reestablished itself uh, on a somewhat more limited scale. Kansas City, I think they've finally sorted out what they're going to build and hopefully can bring it in uh, on budget, but it's not the scale of uh, airport construction that we see at the major hubs around the country. In terms of markets that are still cold, uh, manufacturing construction has dropped for two years in a row. I think it's finally bottomed out, but uh, it's uh, somewhat at the mercy of trade policy, and Missouri is a big export state with uh, your two mighty rivers and being very much in the center of the country. I think this is going to uh, really matter what happens in terms of opening up, reopening markets that other countries have closed to U.S. exports or have made U.S. businesses uncompetitive by putting tariffs on things that we need to, to sell abroad. So that's a market that I would worry about both nationally and here in Missouri. Now, I'm sure that when you graduated from college and got your degree that every economist gets a nice, shiny crystal ball. (laughs) Yes. So what do you see ahead in the crystal ball in the next 6, 12, 18 months in terms of our market, in terms of construction market? Well, we've uh, enjoyed a little bit of relief in the last few months from those uh, materials costs that were rising so rapidly in the first half of 2018. And the question is, has the market digested the tariffs, which were a major thing that uh, caused the shocks on uh, many materials, or are, are we really just at a lull and prices are going to accelerate this year? And unfortunately, I think we're kind of uh, benefiting from several trends that aren't going to last. Oil prices, for instance, got as high as $75 a barrel last year, dropped to 46 and now they've been in the high 50s. So that means soon we'll be seeing higher gasoline, diesel, asphalt prices again. Uh, copper prices dropped by more than 30% on the futures market, and those have bounced back up. And so I'm afraid the relief on copper wire and pipe flashing brass fixtures, those prices may move up. And just lately, uh, gypsum and lumber prices have 
uh, been below year-ago levels. That's a function partly of the weak housing market, but also I think the vendors have uh, held off on price increases that normally come in the spring. They managed to take a little earlier last year. So put all those together and where we've lately seen materials and uh, services going up only about 2%, we're going to be in the 4 to 6% range uh, in the second half of this year. Whether contractors are able to pass that on, that's always an open question. One of the things that I find extremely valuable about your service to the industry is your data digest. So can you talk a little bit about the time you spend putting that together and how people can take advantage of that? Yeah, I mentioned that uh, I started work the day before 9-11, so that second day people started asking, what's going to happen to the economy? What does it mean for construction? (laughs) And I realized there's a whole lot of data out there, but it's often buried. For instance, in the Data Digest, which I write pretty much every week, it does depend on my travel schedule, but it goes to currently about 40,000 people, and anybody can get it just by writing me at K at agc.org or going to the agc.org website or agcmo.org. And uh, so I, I put in not just the raw data, but I pick out those elements that uh, relate to construction. So when the National Employment Report comes out, I talk about construction employment the unemployment rate and how that relates to uh, what it compares to what it's been in the past 20 years, and uh, also what's happening to uh, the average hourly earnings, that's wages and salaries and construction compared to the entire economy. Uh, We also get from the Bureau of Labor Statistics state and local employment figures, usually a couple of weeks after the national numbers, And we rank all 50 states plus D.C. by change in construction employment. And we do the same for 358 metro areas, including St. Louis and Springfield and Kansas City. Then on producer prices, if you ever try to go to that website, you'll find there are 10,000 different producer (laughs) price indexes. But we take about 70 of those that uh, relate to construction, both the uh, materials inputs uh, one by one and an aggregate for all inputs to construction. And then there are five indexes that track uh, what contractors say they would charge to put up the same building they were asked about a year ago. And so that gives you essentially a bid price index. I think readers find those very useful for educating owners, government officials. And we also get a lot of uh, readers of the Digest from the media directly. And so uh, they're reporting that information. So the Data Digest allows a contractor or someone like me who basically can balance their checkbook to understand what's going on in the construction marketplace. Len, some of your readers are going to say, what's a checkbook? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ken, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today and uh, any other economic trends in construction we haven't touched on? Well, I'll give a little plug. We do a couple of uh, webinars a year that are free. Uh, I do those in conjunction with uh, Kermit Baker, the chief economist of the American Institute of Architects, and Alex Carrick, the chief economist of Construct Connect. So uh, in an hour and a half, people get uh, a free lesson from three sources on what they see going on in the whole design and construction world. Uh, The next one of those is coming up on May 16th. And again, uh, you'll be able to register uh, at agc.org. We'll have 
uh, a website uh, posted very soon. Well, Ken, I, for one, appreciate all the travel you do. I don't know how you do it, but all the research that you put into the information that you send to us, it's extremely valuable. It's a great service for us and helps us understand and make some decisions going forward about how our businesses and our members ought to move. So thank you very much for your time today. All right. Glad to be with you, Len. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO in the iTunes Store or on Google Play. As always, you can visit us at agcmo.org for additional downloads and information. Thank you.